Hey folks, welcome back to the PBR podcast. This is Jonathan and I'm Brad. He's Brad. And uh, thanks for coming back for episode two. Today, Brad and I are going to talk about E3, our top picks, what we're looking forward to, and maybe discussing some of the stuff we're not necessarily looking forward to. Some comments that we have on games as they're, you know, developing. So, how you doing, Brad? I'm doing very well. It's very hot in here right now. Hey, hey you picked the location. I, I did. I blame you. So, let's get right to our Just picks. Jump right in, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, you give them. So we pick. We both picked two. We both picked our top pick two. two picks. Picks? Can we say picks again? Yeah, I think we can say picks. Okay. Uh, I I just don't know. Are, are we doing like what we want, or like the best one first, or should we save the best for last and go for? Uh, I think we'll just go for it. Whatever you want to do. Whatever <laughs> you feel like doing. Well, then I'm gonna start with Dying Light Two. Okay. Yeah. You, you, so your picks are Dying Light Two and what? Fallout 76. Fallout 76. Absolutely. So I'm happy you picked Fallout 76. So one <laughs> of us is talking about it because I'm excited about that too. But since you picked those two, I'm going to tell you my picks are uh, The Division 2 and Rage 2. Very nice. Now, before we proceed, I have to like give a disclaimer to all, all the gamers out there. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I'm not as... Uh, uh, what do you call it? I feel like I'm not as deep into the gamer culture as some people can be so my disclaimer is uh i'm not going to sound like you guys all out there <laughs> in in the gamer world um and if i say something stupid forgive me but uh just I'm, tear I'm, into him just, okay you can tear into me <laughs> as long as it's engaging content right right this guy's an idiot and then, for, <laughs> then tell me why in the comments absolutely well then, uh, since we both wanted to talk about Fallout seventy six, how let's about start there? You want to start there? Okay, let's start there. We'll start with the one that we both can agree on. Well, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, um, so Fallout history of me a little bit. Yeah, started with Fallout three. So cool. I'm not like deep back to the original Fallout. I'm worse. I started on four. Oh well, then <laughs> welcome to the club. Right. <laughs> Uh, I've always liked the Fallout games. I've always wished there was kind of more. And I think Fallout 76 with the multiplayer aspect is going to be that more that I wanted. Yes. Yes. You know, Bethesda is always good at exploring big worlds. I like it when developers take risks. Yeah. It, it can kind of get boring by yourself, though. Yes. Like, I played a lot of Skyrim, too. Yeah. By yourself. We can't talk about Elder Scrolls. No, well... <laughs> We have to. A uh, little maybe bit. a little bit. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, a lot of people are apprehensive of the multiplayer. And I think there's a lot of good points about that. Because it sure. might just become, you know, a griefer's haven where they're going to just sit there and nuke the crap out of your <laughs> base and make sure you can't do anything. Uh, I don't but know if they'll make it that easy, honestly. It, it shouldn't be, though. I don't think they will. Like, the map is huge. Four times the size of Fallout 4, which Fallout 4 was huge. It took me, like, I, I ran it once just for fun. It took, like, probably, I did, like, mission, some missions. But it was probably, like, three hours to get across Jeez. the map. Yeah. Maybe less than that. But it, it's still time. a long time to just <laughs> run around. Yeah. Right. So, like, I guess one of the big things to talk about in that regards is then story too. Mm -hmm. being multiplayer up front 
being a story-driven series for a long time, for as long as it's existed, like, what what do you feel might go wrong with the storytelling in a multiplayer setting? Well, it depends on how they want to set it up. Um, I don't know if they're going to do, like, instance portions where, you know, you're going in and you're interacting with, like, a PvE-type situation with your team of people, or if it's just straight up, you know, PvP the whole time. Which, if it's... There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why I think they went this route. I think they're testing... Uh, maybe an engine for Fallout 5 when it comes out, or maybe, you know, for their Starfield game or the next uh, Elder Scrolls. And I don't want to get too deep in that, but I think they're testing some of the stuff that they're developing for the other games through Fallout 76. It's just nice to play around in that world. So I don't know if they're actually going to develop this game to be as story-driven. Um, and if they if it is, I think it's got to be like, high-level points, like you're picking up what at, during recla- Reclamation Day, right? So the, the to, was it the third centennial anniversary of America uh, set in West Virginia? By the way, that song, Country Roads Take Me Home, <laughs> dude, that song has been in my head since the trailer, announcement trailer. I was mowing my, my grass the other day for two hours, and I listened to that song on loop for two hours. <laughs> Because I just freaking couldn't get on my head. Oh wow! But to answer your question, I I don't I don't know where they would go with it with a if it's full on PvP, um, then the story elements kind of have to be like this is the world you're in now. Go play around in this world, and you're not really interacting with a story. You're just interacting with where the story sits in the world as it is. Right. Uh, I kind of hope that they they have almost a campaign though like i i feel like it would be cool if one it's scalable so depending on how many people are part of the party you know the missions get harder Mm -hmm. get easier or you know two that you can just drop into anyone's storyline no matter where they are uh which is a good part of dying light which we'll get back to uh and be able to play the story as a group um, I've always kind of been that person that likes that, like growing up playing Halo games together with my yeah. friends, playing yeah. the campaign together, finishing it together and being like, wow, that was amazing. We, did we all did it. Yeah. And then, you know, being able to play around online and have fun. I, right. I think that would be a great experience for Fallout 76 to have that story. You can complete it with your friends. And then have that opportunity to do PvP, more PvE, like side missions, and even just base building is going to be fun. I, I like the building aspects of Fallout 4. I'm kind of a hoarder. I like to go around. Like, I try to do as many settlements as I can, connect them all together so I can have all the resources, so I can do whatever the heck I want in my, in my uh, you know, towns and settlements. Um, because, as we all know, Preston Garvey has no short shortage of missions for you to do to find more and help more settlements. (laughs) So I was like, yes, please give me more, more, more. Um, So I like that side of the game. And for a lot of people who are like me, I think they're going to, they're going to have a really good time in this game, whether they go at it alone or go at it with other people. Now, the problem with me in building is I like to build my way once I figure out a way. And so if I have three other people interacting in my world and they get a mess with the stuff that I'm building, I might have issues. Right. So it might be a chance for, uh, you know, me to like have my own world that I'm building on my own, 
where I'm going at it alone, and then another like server where I can jump on with other people. I don't know if they're going to let you be able to jump around like that. Right. Um, um, from what I've heard and from what I've seen in s some videos that, you know, as far as like being able to do your own thing, there's discussions of doing private servers, but it sounds like at launch it's just going to be public public servers. Probably, yeah. So I I don't know how that'll work work up front. One right. thing that's really smart though, and that I heard as well in a video, is that you know there is a chance it's very small that two settlements will be built on top of each other. Yeah, I can't uh, see that happening too often. Not too often. But in the off chance it does, they've already thought it out and they've decided that, you know, if two people spawn in the same world, same spot, you know, your base becomes essentially this movable package. Right. That you get that all camp. the, yeah, and you can just, you can just move it somewhere else. Right. So I think they're putting a lot of emphasis on thinking ahead of what could happen. Sure. Um, you know, in the very rare off chance that it does happen, unlike some games that we've seen. Uh, hmm. one that's built in space that said that you'd never be able to find the same planet as someone else. We um, won't say names, though. Oh, we shouldn't? I don't think we should. Okay. <laughs> I don't but, care. Yeah. I didn't make the game. They made the game and made the bad call. <laughs> hey, they're adding multiplayer, but that's off topic. <laughs> yeah, that's way off topic. Yeah, but I, I, I think that but, from what Bethesda has talked about already... They're going the right direction. They're thinking ahead, even, you know, making it so you can only build within a certain range of Vault 76, so you can't just grief the crap out of new players. Right. So, like, they're thinking ahead, is, I guess, what I, I'm trying I, to say. I totally, and, and I, I, so I trust Bethesda as a developer. Like, they're not like uh, other developers that, you know, you, you, I don't know. I trust them to develop a good game, to, to think about it thoroughly and thoughtfully, and to to make good decisions. Um, the, the I know that at the E3 conference, the developers are talking about how they're going to be playing it internally for another month before they even jump into a beta. So they're going to figure out more things. Um, the beta is going to be huge. Um, I haven't pre-ordered yet, because I can't... I think I'm going to go with it on Xbox, because I have the Xbox One X. So I think I'm going to get it on the Xbox so I can play with more people. Um, that's why I haven't signed up for the beta yet because um, I don't know where to go. But with that process, I think a lot of things are going to come out of that. And what I like about Bethesda is they actually look at that stuff and take it seriously and will do a good job with that beta experience. Right. Do you know if they've talked about cross Cross-platform? Cross-platform. That was a lot of let's, things let's, that just happened. Let's go there. back. <laughs> Start have, over again. Ha, have you heard anything about cross-platform for 76? For 70, I have not. And I understand. Okay, so there's like two sides to this whole that whole cross-platform question in general. Like, I could see that a lot of people would like to do cross-platform. So there's no like issue. You're talking about like being able to play with PS4 players. Yeah. Yeah, Xbox or one. PC players. Um, Even if it was just like Xbox and PC. Xbox and PC, yeah, sure. Um, there, everybody. I think a lot of people would love that. I don't think the console players like playing with PC players because of some av uh, advantages you have with mouse and keyboard. 
potentially. Um, but I don't know if the platforms themselves would want to do cross-platform. They've talked about it. They toyed with it. There's some games out there that do it, like uh, um, Fortnite. Fortnite is one of them. What's the other one? The Rocket League. Yeah. That was like one of the first games to do it. And even that's a little wonky, right? Because you're not necessarily, you can't like join a party with people from another platform. You can just play against them if they're on another platform. Right. So that would be interesting is if, you know, you got your squad on the Xbox and you're playing against PlayStation 4 squads. That might be a thing, but I don't. I don't know if the developers want to work that that hard to make that happen or just go with what has always been done. Right. It's just an interesting thought. It'd be cool to be able to. What do you think? Do you th- bring people in from other consoles? You know, like I think we're starting to see, you know, groups of people being spread between all the consoles. You know, it's happened for years, but more so now, like. There are people that have to choose. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't always afford to have, you know, both consoles, PlayStation and Xbox. Don't talk about Switch right now. I get it; it's there. Anyways, PC. You know, some people like to hang out with people that really only want to buy an Xbox, but they sure. can't because they're on PC. Right. So. You to know, me, it makes sense to go like PC Xbox because it's the same framework. I mean, it's Windows, it's Microsoft. You can do that with a lot of like a lot of the games that they develop in house. Like you know, and there's also Play Anywhere titles, but that's not even cross platform. Um, but like Minecraft, you can play on any console and any platform except for, like the older consoles. You can play together in the same servers. Right. Um, from what I from what I know, I like my niece like plays on her phone and can play with me in my xbox one (laughs) on minecraft but i don't know what that would be like for fallout and again like i i think fallout 76 is is a test game it's a i don't know i I kind of don't know why they're charging a full price for a full game because i don't unless until we play it i don't see a full game here i just see like a multiplayer game like like it's part of a it's a part of a whole not necessarily right a whole in itself so i'm even a little kind of like i mean if it was like a 45 dollar game you know something like that maybe that would have been cool but i i I think this is a test game for their further developments so whatever they're trying to maybe do in uh, starfield and uh and even on onward from that right so if they're testing i don't even did they announce a new engine for it, um, I don't think they did. I, I don't remember. I if can't they imagine using the same because the I can't imagine using the same engine that they used for Fallout Four and Skyrim. It it might be kind of like what you're seeing Valve do with some of their own games, where like CS:GO is partially you know their original engine, and there's some parts that are switching over to their new engine. It might be the same idea that they're new engine isn't so far off from the old one that they can do some things on some and some on the other. Um, I don't don't remember them talking directly about it. Yeah, I don't think I heard anything. I know that they had talked, before they even gave us the non-trailer that was the uh, Elder Scrolls 6 title, Right. 
It was, it was nothing. It was a flyover with a graphic, with a generic Elder Scrolls graphic overlay. Right. It was fine, but they had already announced before that they were developing, they were always developing the next, you know, Elder Scrolls right. game. But uh, with with everything going on, I can't see Fallout 76 being more than a, a fun title to play with your friends for them to test out new game modes and to figure out uh, a different because like ESO is its own beast, mm-hmm. um, but this is nothing like ESO. So it's like how how they're going to handle multiplayer access on you know, you know the way they're doing like limited right. limited players on a server that kind of thing. So I just think seventy six is a is a is a fun way, and they put a lot of effort into it. Like I don't want to downplay it. They put a lot of effort into developing all the mechanics for the game, new skill sets. The dynamics between how things are going to work, like they put a lot of work into it. So, right. um, but I still think it's it's going to be a game where they they're testing stuff for future games. Right. And they already talked about like they're not going to release. Uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but they were talking about how what they want to do with Elder Scrolls Six is is beyond what current stuff is like current hardware mm-hmm. is doing. Oh yeah, they they've publicly said that. That's why, like, the trailer was nothing to me at E at E three, right? Just for people to clap at because <laughs> they just want some. They just wanted an answer, so they're like, "Here you go. Here's a right. here's a here's a flyover." Yeah, I, I agree. I I think that's the only reason it was there is to kind of bait the hook, and they'll throw the hook later when they finally finish some well, things. Because it's going to take off. three to six years for the next oh, Elder Scrolls yeah. game. Absolutely. Like, sorry, everybody. Probably gonna take three to six years. <laughs> didn't mean to break six. your heart. Did, did, That's sorry. why we have Fallout seventy six. <laughs> so I have Starfield coming out. Yeah, Elder Scrolls six is not gonna come out for a while. I think I think it'll be interesting. In general, how seventy six performs, how seventy six will be played out in terms of multiplayer versus environment. Um, it, it's just gonna be an interesting game, but. I agree. Let's move on to one of your picks. I wanted to, I wanted to buy the helmet, and they they already they were so, literally sold out like an hour after the announcement. Yeah, I'm probably, looking at it right now, these, and like, I want it. All these guys sitting at home with nothing to do and a bunch of money from you know. Hey, you better be careful. Delivering those, pizzas, which yeah, I love. Those might be the guys that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> I want to know who you are and what you do. I was just as before the podcast, I was asking Brad. I was like, I'm married. I have three dogs. I have two goats. Yes, I have goats. I have this, I work from home, and it's like, I don't feel like I have time enough to be the gamer that I'd like to be. Um, how how do they manage their time? And Brad said, well, basically, they don't sleep. <laughs> I was like, dang it. I need sleep. That's why Mundu and uh, Monster Energy drinks exist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. Monster sponsor. All right. Uh, so you no, want... I'm. If you guys want to throw Monster Energy drinks my way, like <laughs> not a I'm down for it. But... Drink Monster, not a sponsor. Yeah, they don't pay us to say this. Nobody yet. pays us. Nobody pays us anything. <laughs> Let's make that clear. So what's what's your first pick? All right, you so we're good with Fallout seventy six. I think I'm gonna, we're good. I'm gonna get it for for Xbox One X and well, I, I... I mean, Xbox One. Sorry, but. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get it. Into, if I'm, I want to be a part of the beta, but I feel like I'd never do the beta any service because I know you're supposed to get in there and try to tear it up and figure out stuff. And I don't have enough. I played the game. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
Well, maybe we should. Anyway, so I'm going to get it. You're going to do PC? PC. All right, so Brad's going to be on PC. I'll be on Xbox. Um, sorry, PS4. Can't help you out there. You um, have a lot of fans already. It's yeah. just not us. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. Everybody's fine there. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to one of my picks. Uh, I'm gonna, since we were talking about Bethesda, let's stick with Bethesda. I want to talk about Rage 2. Um, right now, I got a message that Rage, the first game, is like 3 bucks on Steam. So oh, if bet. you guys want to check it out, go ahead and buy that thing. Um, I'm, I'm kind of stoked with this take on a shooter. Um, I don't, I don't know all of what a shooter should be. Like, I can't talk to all the different things that people know and experience of shooters. Um, but the one thing that I like that I'm seeing about this game is it is a, it is a different take on a shooter. And it's like a, it's, it's like a completely different thing. Um, what am I trying to say? It just feels fresh. Feels fresh. It feels like I just want a shooter where it's not a world war, <laughs> right. where it's not a modern warfare game. I mean, not necessarily, I'm not talking about Call of Duty, but like just set in like modern, like, you know, right. it's not a space shooter. It's a freaking just chaotic mayhem shooter. Right. It's a throwback. It's a th- dude. That's all, that's all I want, man. That's why I'm so excited about this. I just want something completely different. And Bethesda took this title and like made it different. One of the, right. what's that? I said, I did. I was just agreeing with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things about this stuff is, uh, um, if you if you see it, you can drive it. Ooh. Literally any vehicle that you're seeing in the wasteland, in this wasteland, it's not, I checked, it's not the same wasteland. <laughs> this wasteland is caused by a meteor. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> not, not a nuclear nukes. explosion. I don't care. I'm going to play the crap out of this game. But if you see it, you can drive it. And uh, that, that got me. That was like one of those lines that got me. But ju- it just looks crazy, crazy huge monsters, crazy huge shoot 'em up. Like, I and some people might say it looks like Mad Max. I don't care. I like Mad Max. I want to see it. I want to play this thing. I'm just gonna have. This is a title, by the way. Um, I spend most of my time, I would say ninety, eighty-five to ninety percent of my time playing games on console. Right. This is a game I want to get on the PC. It looks beautiful. It just it looks amazing. It looks like it's gonna play amazing. Um, I did get the One X, so I probably should buy it on console just so I can justify the fact that I spent the money on the One X. Right. Um, by the way, I've had every uh, model of Xbox. I, I I have not. I still have the original <laughs> Xbox One. Well, I'm selling my One X if you want to, or One S if you want to buy it. No, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. But I'm good. Uh, but I, Rage Two, uh, I I don't need to spend too much time on it. Um, I mean, let's let's go back to a point that you made. It yeah. looks like Mad Max. Yeah. Like, is that is that a bad thing? No, like, you... I love Mad Max. I love the old movies. I love the new movie. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with the movie series. I love Mad Max. Well, now, they made a yeah. Mad Max game, and uh, it wasn't great. It, it, it was it was okay. I I played it at a friend's house. It was okay. It wasn't like frenzied madness. This is frenzied madness. I want to play Rage. I want to feel the cat. I just want to go in there and just tear stuff up. Well, the 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 thing to me is like, you know, if this is like the newest Mad Max movie where 
you know, you've just got cars on cars on cars rolling yes. after each other, yes. trying to blow each other up. That's all I I'm want. I'm down. That's all I want. It'd be so much. It'd be fun. It's not World War Two. <clears throat> no, it's <laughs> it's not. It's not space. <laughs> no, it, I I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really good game. Like one thing that's going to be really nice about this that didn't necessarily happen on the original Mad Max game that came out recently is, you know, it it is fronted by Bethesda, so they have a certain quality expectation that's going to be present. I mean, it's still going to have, like, all the... uh, I don't know how they're going to do this, um, but upgradable i'm just gonna read a little bit of it upgradable weapons devastating uh nanotrite powers and overdrive i mean so you're gonna have you're gonna have like shooting you're gonna have like magic kind of stuff uh and then you're gonna be like mechanical stuff like it's still gonna be customizable and stuff like that so you're not gonna run in there pick up a weapon and just start shooting you can like modify it to do what what you want it to do uh and the same thing it looks like with the vehicles and and i just yeah, I mean, I th- yeah. I think it's definitely uh, going to be similar to what we saw out of uh, Doom. Mm-hmm. Doom was a very chaotic shooter. It was in a box, though, from what I... Yeah, yeah it was it, just... it's not open world by any means right. like this is. But if they do apply the formula that that right. game had and expand upon it, it's going to be terrific. Yes. Yeah. If you've played the new Doom at all... It's a lot of fun. You just run around and you're doming people, finishing moves all the time. Right. Like if if this game can, do, you know, right. that's all I want. Go off of that. Yeah. That's what like, I don't need to spend time digging into this game because I know I'm gonna buy it. I know I'm gonna play the hell out of it. And I know I'm gonna like it. It's just <laughs> gonna be crazy, mad crazy. Mad Max. I'll try not to change my gamer tag to Mad Max Rager Two. <laughs> Mad Max Rage 2 Rage, Hashtag Rage, Rage Max? Rage Max Nah, I don't know <laughs> Alright, okay. so that's that's my pick I know that we didn't take a lot of time on that But that's that's, that's what I, I'm excited for Just a, a fresh take on the shooter series Crazy, crazy mayhem That's all I want Absolutely Did right. you play the original Dying Light? I did not I'm, I'm disappointed So this is Dying Light 2. Dying, from Brad. Dying Light 2. Well, if you have Give me the spiel. Give me, like, yeah. give me the lowdown. Well, uh, Dying Light itself is a crazy game. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, you know, zombie games, yeah, we've had hundreds of zombie games. Dying Light, in my opinion, is probably one of the most underrated games in recent history. You know, it, it launched pretty strong. People liked it. Um, I actually just recently started playing it again with some of my friends, but like, it's this interesting meld of like parkour, kind of like Assassin's Creed, climb anything, very fast movement, mechanically very sound, with just crazy amounts of zombies everywhere. Hordes of zombies, huh? Hordes of zombies. And you have the ability to... You know, craft things, design weapons. So it. it You're still talking gets, about Dying Light One. Yeah, it gets very interesting. Um, Dying Light Two is going to make it quite a bit better, in my opinion. Because one thing that they hit it on right away is that your decisions are going to matter. 
Yeah, the trailer. I watched the trailer, like the whole briefing on it, and I was like, "Wow, this this looks amazing." And we've heard about the. Go ahead and talk about that more, but like decisions, because we've heard like that. I remember the first time. Maybe it wasn't the first time, but for me, it was like, uh, was it uh, the uh, Fable? Mm-hmm. It was like one of the first games to. I don't know if that's true, but for me, it was like one of the first games where your decisions changed the game okay. around. Yes. So, but talk a little bit about what they're doing in Dying Light. Yeah. Too. So, you know, with a, a game like Dying Light, there's there's factions that are involved. You know, there's different groups that are intending to do different things. So. Dying Light, it was, you know, an open world game, but realistically, it was very linear in how the story was delivered. Okay. Like, it it really didn't matter what you did. If you did the quests, the same result happened. You know, I might be wrong. There might be some slight variations to the ending, but, you know, this one's going to be interesting because, like they showed in the press release in the trailer, you know, depending on who you side with and what missions you do for who... This world is going to develop and it's going to change based on that decision that you made. You know, it was really cool to see, like, you know, they showed you, you know, option A, if you kill them instead of helping them, this faction takes over and they give water and it helps people. Mm -hmm. But they're very militaristic and they're going to crack down on people, give them a lot of shit. Oh, are we supposed to say that? Um... (laughs) Anyways, we'll move on beyond that. Did give them a lot of what? Uh, what? Uh, a lot of stuff. Gave them a lot of stuff. Anyways, uh, and then they showed the alternative. You know, you help the people instead, and then it it opens up the city that more people are cooperative and they're right. not oppressed by this one group. So that that's that's just cool. Do you think? Okay, so other games have attempted to do your choice matters in the game kind of stuff, and it doesn't always seem to like. It doesn't seem like you get much from some of those decisions, like as a whole. Like I I remember Fallout or Fallout Fable. Mm-hmm. You, you know your character would take on a different appearance if he became more evil. He started to look more more typically evil. Right. Um, and there was other games too, like well, I'll even bring up Fallout Four. Like you have the different factions you can sign up for. Um, you make decisions in the game, and then one faction doesn't like you, and right. then uh, you basically go on a mission to destroy a faction or two, right? Um, and so, but the game still felt like the stakes weren't on whether or not a single faction. Right. took over so it didn't feel like the decision you made actually impacted the game other than i don't have access to the brotherhood or i don't have access to the institute or the railroad right. um i so a lot of us when i talk when i when i'm talking about that like why i'm talking about that is it doesn't seem like games have they've tried to do it and some games did it to a certain extent uh, uh, i think this game looks the most promising to have the most impact from the decisions you make in the game. Right. And that's what excites me for Dying Light 2. Yeah. Um, Does that the make one sense? Thing, yeah, the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference, in my opinion, is whether those decisions are just solely for, like, side quests. Right. And affect the world, you know, as you traverse through it. Right. Or if it's going to be... Uh, you know, decisions that can actually affect the quest line, the main story. Yeah. Like, that that would be more interesting than anything else. 
Because I do agree, like it tends to be with a lot of these games that decide to give you the decision. You know, these decisions only have so much effect right. before it's just, hey, this decision, you're going towards the same outcome, right. but your cutscene at the end is different. <laughs> what but, I don't okay, so like when it comes to like decisions that you know, like manage resources, I don't know. Uh, does Dying Light have resources that you're trying to manage? And they impact the game, or is it just like not? This not one looks really. like more like a faction or control, you know. But I like, th- I think they're adding something like that. Um, the the first game, no, it, 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 you kind of cared about certain factions, but it's mainly you're cl- collecting your own resources to build weapons, gotcha. progress, build better, build so, bigger. So, the, like their games, I, like I grew up, I grew up playing on the PC. The, all the games I played on the PC were real-time strategy games, like uh, Age of Empires and um, uh, Blizzard games. Um, so, like it, it wasn't until a few games into the Age of Empires series that when you leveled to the next age, then you get a pick, you know, which resource you get when the new age pops up. Now, this right. is a really basic concept but i'm bringing it up to make a point um you you get a nice dump of resources but you don't get other resources right. uh, have you this is a, this is an arcade game but have you played a kingdom for keflings i have not so it's a it's a builder it's like a world little world builder it's in a it's like still like a closed game it's not open world necessarily but you get tools uh and you can pick certain things to help uh manage resources a certain resource faster Right. But it never really impacted. It was just always mildly inconvenient. Okay, I can get more wool production, uh, but my coal production is the same. So it's just like mildly inconvenient. Right. But when it comes to stuff like what we're talking about with Dying Light 2, what would excite me to see more of this side of, and I know I'm laboring on this point maybe a little too much, but this side of your decisions impacting the game, it'd be nice to see that if you make a certain call, that's done for. Right. Like, all right, so if it is a resource management, I don't know if it's just, like, materials or whatever. Like, you, you just helped a faction that's now going to give you a certain material, but then you you pissed off another faction that would help you do, do something, or you cut yourself off from a certain material. Now you have to, like, play the game through without that income from... You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'd like to see it to where you literally have to make... Uh, uh, a super weighted decision, almost like a life or death decision. Right. Do I do I help the town, or do I help me? Kind of thing. And that real, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, like I'm not uh, experienced with the series. I'm just talking about how like I'd like to see gameplay like this play out. Right. Absolutely. And I agree. Like if if the storyline is, it, it it's like a fluidity thing. Like right. It, and. That brings its own complexity. Like, if the storyline is that fluid, though, that, like, you have big, weighty decisions that can do, like you said, make very final decisions that affect the storyline from there out, that that would be cool. Um, I think from a writing standpoint, it's not going to be that way, like, mm. for the storyline. Right. I, I do feel personally that the decisions that you're going to make are going to be more of those side quest things that just change the appearance of the world. Um, it, it would just be very difficult to write a game that is so open-ended like that. Well, I remember uh, in uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, 
uh, I was playing through the campaign and uh, I had killed somebody and then you go to sleep and you wake up and the Dark Brotherhood is talking to you, mm-hmm. right? They're like, we want you to be an assassin. And so you have this whole world of quests on that side of the game. Right. But I wanted to be like an ultra pure like character. I didn't mean to kill this person. I think it was like some kind of scuffle. And he got in the middle of it and accidentally hacked him to death with a sword, <laughs> right? Because he was like a low-level NPC or something. Um, but this guy's like, you want to, you know, join the Dark Brotherhood, come over here, do this thing. Um, I killed the guy, the messenger from the Dark Brotherhood. And my brother-in-law was in the room. He's like, he's like sitting there getting super angry at me. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't want to be with those guys. And he's like, you just literally cut off any ability for you in this character's experience to do anything with the Dark Brotherhood. Like, it's done. Right. And, like, there's no other entry point into the Dark Brotherhood. And I like the fact that I made that call. Right. Like, I no longer am I going to, you know, you know, I can't, do I have the ability to do that? And so I like it when I have that kind of control. Right. I think it would be very cool if it does go that the way that it is because they're hiking it up to be that way yeah and and they they're gonna have to deliver like they really are hyping that as their main like unique point right you know play this game because your decisions matter right and it, well, it, it is I've a, heard lot, that like, for a lot of games throughout yeah. all of, you it's like, like you said it's, it's like it's like fable fable that was their thing Right. Your decisions matter. But it's, it's cool. What do they affect? Right. Now, aside from, like, sorry, I've labored on that point for far too long in this podcast. <laughs> and all of the guys are like, dude, just freaking move on. Um, what the parkour system, like, we, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed did actually, uh, Prince of Persia, which is a Ubisoft title led into Assassin's Creed with the whole parkour system. Right. We get we get some good parkour in um, the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. I love that, that the mechanics there. Um, how is uh, this, is it similar stuff, or do you think it's going to be, tell me about your, your thoughts on that breakdown. Um, that looked really interesting to me, because yeah. the guy's like, what, he's got a knife, and he's, and he's like dug into like a banner, and he's yeah. like sliding down three stories of building. Yeah, um, not a movement ability you have in the first one, by the way. So that'll be new if they add that. That was that exciting. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to equate it directly to any of the games that you mentioned. It does feel like Assassin's Creed, but it's more fluid than Assassin's Creed. Like, it, it, it really doesn't hinder you in movement speed. It's very snap decisions like if i want to go there and i can find a handhold i look at the handhold jump up towards it and move my way towards it and it's fast movement um which leads to some very cool things with even like combat abilities that you can earn in your skill tree that directly correlate hey like just a basic example one that you can get in the original dying light is if i'm running towards a zombie and I want to get up somewhere high, I can actually jump on the head of the zombie and boost myself even higher to reach that point. So you can vault yourself off yeah. of characters. Exactly. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Um, and even things like, you know, when I do a slide and I kick at the end of the slide, if I hit a zombie, I break their leg. You know, things like that that just make movement very important. 
movement very fun. Like, one of the abilities that I unlocked recently when we were playing with my, when I was playing with my friends, is you run, you jump, and you hit your kick ability, and your guy does like uh, a diving kick essentially, and anything in front of you just launches away, <laughs> and it's hilarious. And you're like, I just want to keep doing this, <laughs> not because I need like to. It's just fun. So, like, as good of an explanation as I can give with words, it's one of those games that I do encourage you to play. Uh, I think the original game's on sale, part of the Steam, sum- uh, Steam Summer I'll Sale. I lose so, money, so much money on that Steam Summer Sale. <laughs> I already have, like, <laughs> close to 100 bucks in my cart right now. <laughs> I'm not buying it yet, because I'm like, I gotta I, I was, whittle it down. I was uh, up at 1.30 in the morning last night, in my bed scrolling through the steam store on my phone and i'm like i bought 30 dollars with the games at you know one in the morning <laughs> and i still have more i want to buy it's the best way to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> they drop they, they drop the announcements at midnight you start seeing the games like that you have in your wish list like six new games literally what i got was six new games in your wish list are all on sale now i'm like oh sweet and i'm like shoot man i want to buy all this stuff <laughs> My email was 25 games <laughs> on sale, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm going to be broke tomorrow. <laughs> it's okay. I have I have video games to keep me company. It's all right. I don't need to pay for food. I, I, got, just... I got a monster and video games. That's all I need. <laughs> Perfect. So, last, last, last but not least. The Division 2. Did you play? Big hitter. Did you play? I, yes. Okay. What? Just give me your thoughts overall on division. Uh, division. I I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I have three characters max leveled on Xbox. And nice. I have three characters max leveled on yes. PC. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm in love with it. Uh, I I just liked. Would you call it a, a, a shooter? Action RPG? Is that what you call it? Action RPG shooter? Yeah, I think that falls in the right categories. <laughs> it's, it, hits, it hits a couple of different notes that I really like. Uh, I like the like uh, leveling your abilities. Uh, you know, you eventually get to the point where all the the uh, areas in, in your base of operations are leveled up, so it's not like I want to be more medically inclined or more tech inclined, but you do have the options. There, there's right. so much. There's so many ways to customize your character and to really become what you want to become in that game. And the, it wasn't always necessarily uh, that fun and that easy. They added a lot more. Like, oh, yeah. this is a case where developers saw um, a title that they really cared about, wanted to develop it, they cared about the people who were playing with it, and I feel like they really listened to people like yeah. in developing the further expansions for The Division. Um, the Division 2 looks like they did even more um, I know a lot of people are worried about the Division Two feeling like just an, an add-on to Division One. Right. I don't think it's going to go that whole route like what Destiny did, because you know Destiny Two just felt like it was a cabal expansion <laughs> to the first Destiny. Oh, let's not talk. But about I don't want to get into that, it no. too much. But I don't think that we're on a completely different, you know, part of the map. We're we're at DC instead right. of New York, and DC adds a whole lot of new elements. I mean, you saw it in the the cinematic trailer, um, there's like more woodsy areas, mm-hmm. which I think is cool to see that. I right. I just like the whole story about like it's like a legit 
Oh, um, dude, I didn't want to touch money for like a month after oh, first yeah. playing the game. It's, it's a, it's a, it's it's such something. It's a story that's based uh, really logically in reality. Right. That you it, feel it could like, happen. You feel like you could be in that world right. next year. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe. Maybe. Tw- coming twenty twenty. <laughs> the way things are going. <laughs> the division for real. Uh, <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I deal with electronic currency. I'm just kidding. Oh, Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Everything's going to go Bitcoin. Just blockchain, kidding. bro. What's that? Blockchain. Blockchain. <laughs> Got to establish your blockchain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't um, even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. I was just hoping. <laughs> hoping Anyways. Pass by. The game. Uh, um, so, like. So, what are, what are your thoughts? Because I'm, I'm super. I'm, I'm all into this game. I think as a community, there are very specific things that need to happen yeah. for it to not feel like an expansion. First thing for me is definitely, you know, taking what they've learned from Division and making sure that it's implemented properly in two. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest thing that they can do to shoot themselves in the foot launching the Division 2 is scaling loot back in any way. Right. Like, I played so many hours trying to earn you know, striker gear when it first came out on right. their first incursion. Right. Their incursion. Yeah. Right? Their raids, whatever they're called. Raids. Anyways. <laughs> um and just being able yeah. to like finally get the loot when they adjusted it so that it was easy enough to complete those with a competent team. Right. But then you you just got so much more for it. Like they need to realize gear matters. Yep. And they need to realize that variety matters too. Like, I don't even mess with like the gear same, sets the same as gun. much as some people. Yeah, no, it right. it, it it should impact gameplay enough yeah. that I can viably have one day a kit that I'm you know super strong, super buff, and I'm using shotguns to get up close and just blasting people, mm-hmm. or the next day I might have a kit that. I'm a sniper that sits back with very little health, but I can deal more damage than anyone else. I like I like the uh, the area of effect stuff that you can do with the tech. Like I, I'm all about like just throwing a whole bunch of crap and causing mayhem. I, <laughs> I love that. Like absolutely. Like my favorite thing in Division is when a guy's about to chuck a grenade at you and you cap him in the head and he drops a grenade and he kills <laughs> like his buddy. Right. That's my. Literally, that if I could do that every single time. I'm like a happy camper. Like, I can live off of that. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for uh, the, the fact that they, what I, okay, like what you're saying, I'm excited for, and I also hope for uh, a, a fully developed, realized game without them having to backtrack like they did in the first game. They learned a lot, and they, put, they pushed it out there to everybody instead of waiting. Right. They put it out there for us, and it was super enjoyable. Um, and it made it a lot more rewarding to play the game, like with the loadouts, because you can change loadouts now. I don't think you had that, you know, early on in the game. No. So it's nice that you can kind of flip around and do what you want to do and customize your your game style whenever whenever you want to. Um, but also, they announced that the first year of expansions are free, so everybody's playing the same stuff, you know, for the first year. Um, and I know that's not like a huge promise because you're gonna pay for other content. But I am one. I am one hundred percent okay for paying for new content, if it if it helps freshen up the game, revitalize gameplay, give you more to dig into. 
like I, I don't necessarily like season passes where it's the same stuff over and over and over again. But I like if you're gonna give me like legit expansions where I'm playing new experiences and and and, and other stuff, I'm okay with paying a little more for more content. I I I disagree, a hundred percent. Why? Uh. I think I don't want to teach the developers that you can just throw out content and pay for it. I'm saying like if you legitly give me good content that adds to the game, I'm okay with paying a little. I'm not talking about like paying another 60 bucks. Right. I'm okay with paying a little bit more for the time and effort that it takes to develop the new content. I think when you look at the current state of the gaming world, as we might call it, I guess, the games the that industry? are the, the industry that that's the more accurate term. Yes, um, the games that are successful right now are the games that are giving content for free after you've already paid the entry fee. It's like going to a theme park. I paid. I'm here. Right. Give me everything that's involved. Well, you can, uh, uh, but theme parks do the hey, same thing on, though. Hang on. <laughs> theme parks give you all the content for free. We'll call the content like the rides. But cosmetics you pay for unless you, you want to Universal your... Studios. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then you get. Yeah, there's there's you know some exemptions. I know. I'm just saying. The 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 idea to me though is, like, let we we have to bring up Fortnite at this point because it's the most successful game and there's a reason for it. The game's free. Right. But the content is delivered very very well. It's a fun game. You can have a lot of fun. The people that like the game then buy the cosmetics because they want to be unique they want something cool yeah, they want to express yeah. and it, it's 20 bucks for a skin so if each person buys one skin or you have the people that buy 10 skins sure you're gonna make the same amount of money as charging everybody a season pass so i think the games that are gonna be the most successful coming up are games that give extended content for free Develop some really cool cosmetics, and charge for cosmetics. Sure, that, that's a that's a good point. It's a good system that we're seeing, you know, live in action with Fortnite. Um, we can Rainbow talk about Six other Siege. What's that? Rainbow Six Siege. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I've done this breakdown before. The, the gaming industry uh, is worth more than all the other ent- entertainment industries put together by far like by far it's ridiculous esports alone is worth more than right any other sport in the world (laughs) so but then i'm also like i'm big into the film industry i love watching movies i love i i love going to the movie theater i i I love the whole thing i like i like making movies i like watching movies i like the whole process um when you go see a movie a two-hour movie at the theater you're paying 12 bucks for a ticket right Six bucks an hour. How long does the average like full game campaign last? Thirty hours. Mm, depends on what type of game. Is thirty hours? Can we just throw that out there? Yeah. Is that does that sound right? Yeah. Is, could it be more? I mean, I know it can be more. It could be less. It can be yeah I, yeah. We'll we'll go with thirty hours. So you're thirty hours, uh, and you're and you're playing, uh, and you're paying sixty bucks for a game. What is that math? Uh, Thirty divided by sixty—is that how we do that? Two dollars an hour. Two two dollars an hour. So uh, you're getting way more bang for your buck, right? Yeah. I, if we're comparing that, 
So my, my point is, I'm not, I don't want to teach the developers that it's okay to base numbers off pre I don't pre-order games. That's why like I'm floundering on whether or not I should pre-order 76 false or fallout 76 right. just because I want to get in the beta. I don't pre-order games because I don't want to give them I don't want to let them model like hey we got a we got a good game going where the pre-orders are going let's go ahead and push it out there without content being fully developed. Like right. I don't want to teach developers to do it that way. I also don't want to teach them that I'm willing to pay up front for a season pass for content I don't even see. Right. Like, I don't want to play that model. What I'm trying to say is, like, for the value that we're getting with the money that we're paying, we're getting we're getting good value. If for a good game, we're getting good value out of the money that we're putting into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind paying the developers more if they're putting up good, continually good content, even if it's an add-on to a game I've already paid for. Right. The... Well, this is a different problem... debate. We're not talking about video games anymore. We're talking about like theory on how video games are made. Well, it, it's a it, <laughs> it's a good segue. I guess. It, it's a good thing to talk about. It's a big conversation in the industry right now. You know what model is correct? What's the model that should be used in the future? You know we've gone. I think through... the season pass model is dying. Oh, it is. It's a. It it definitely is free to play. Or, you know, it's yeah, it's obvious when games come out and one of the first things they say, Battlefield Five, hey, well, everyone gets the content. Well, why did they do that, though? I I understand there can be factors behind it, like they're trying to save face and they're trying to build their with, base again. Because what they did with Star Wars? Uh, Star Wars and also <laughs> Battlefield One. Sure. But I think at the same time there's a valid reason behind it especially in games of that style and really most games nowadays you know the biggest thing is you don't want to split your community you never want to do that right no i agree um there are games that do it very well like world of warcraft you pay for your expansions you have to pay for the expansion Mm -hmm. um in order to play with your friends uh, there's base game, yeah, but that's not right. really a thing anymore. No. Um, yeah, I can play to level 20. <laughs> I can get to level 20 in like four hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it it becomes so detrimental to a lot of these games to have that content pass that you have to pay for because you also have to look at you know the age range of players. Yes, gamers are getting older. There are people like you and I we're, that are we're growing our, up. Yeah, we're growing up. <laughs> but there's also still a new generation that's coming in that are very right. young. Mm-hmm. You know, Fortnite is also successful because when you're, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16 years old, you don't have money. Right. What game are you going to play? The free game. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> 100% of the time. I can't tell you how many free games I played as a kid because I was like, I want to play something. It's a good way to discover new games. That's for sure. And then guess who asked mom and dad for money to buy things in that game? And now who's got 25 things in their Steam card? Yeah, no, it's an addiction. <laughs> That's another thing we should talk about. They just te- 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 train them when they're young, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't no, want to I, I, I love being a, I love being a gamer. I don't want to, you know... I I have no I have no problems with hashtag them doing no regrets that. right yeah <laughs> the the way that I look at the gaming industry in games in general is that it's it's an entertainment platform 
Right. You know, you can spend hours and hours of your time reading a book. You can spend hours and hours of your time watching TV, watching a movie. But I prefer to spend my time playing hours and hours of games. Yeah. That, you know, it's debatable what medium is better for your brain and makes you more intelligent. Sure. But at the end of the day, I have fun with it. I, Me too, dude. 100%. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the division. <laughs> we, we should at some point. The division point. too. Um, Dark Zone. Dark Zone was always kind of bleh to me. I was like, whatever. I never invested a lot of time into it. I just didn't. It it <laughs> it drove people away from the game. Well, uh, it's it's. I I think what, what they went can do. What went wrong there for you? Hacking. Yeah. It 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 was so incredibly prevalent in the beginning that one of my friends quit playing because he he's like. We're max level. There's nothing else for us to do but the dark zone, and right. I don't have fun getting shot from down at the end of the street by some hacker that can do a million damage per hit. Right. They, I I know that that's always a tough thing for games. Right. It it's still a very hard issue for the most successful games, but that killed the division's dark zone. Um. I also think it wasn't worth it at the beginning. There was no real value to it because you went in the dark zone, you killed people, you weren't getting the gear. Right. Now, going back to it, oh, yeah. it's They've changed it around a lot. A you lot. know, it is valuable to go into the dark zone for the PvE portion. Mm-hmm. Yes, people can kill you, but, you know, I can still do PvE, get some really good gear, and enjoy the dark zone now. Right. I... Well, they're bringing it back. Yeah. So, what are you hoping out of it now? It needs to, it needs to stay very similar to what it is now. Yeah. They need to have value in the dark zone, and a PVE aspect. That yes, there's a risk that you're going to run into other players and they're going to want to fight you, mm-hmm. but there's still the ability to entertain yourself without having to involve yourself in PVE or 100% PVP. Agree. I'm letting you do all the talking because you're a lot smarter. About the stuff than I am. <laughs> like, what do you think, Brad? Get you going? And I'm like, yes, I agree. <laughs> well, what do you think, Jonathan? Um, I'm I'm with you. Actually, this was one of the. So my wife doesn't play a lot of video games. Uh, some of the games that she's played that she, that she and I really like uh, uh, were the was the first uh, of the new Tomb Raider games. Okay. Um, she liked that. I liked that. Um, she also really liked the Division. It was one of those games where she just got into it and. She was max level before I was, um, and so we were both looking forward to it. But the, the, but the same issue is playing early on in the dark zone. You know when you want to just it, you want to feel like you're still involved in the in the overall story of the game. Right. Um, so being able to interact with the PVE elements of the dark zone was really nice that they added that. Um, the gear system, I think it's really cool that, you know, you have a limited amount of resources that you can pull out of the dark zone. You have to go through a whole process. It makes what you do in there uh, worth more, right. mean more. So I really like that. Um, you're always going to have trolls who just camp out at the entry places oh, and yeah. wipe out, you know, low-level players. You can't get around that, so I can't, like, I just, as, as a gamer, I hate that. They kind of did, though. They did. Like, they helped manage that and yeah. balance that better, but it's still... Yeah, you still can get get a couple people who are just being yeah dicks. Absolutely. Um, 
I I think one thing that should be mentioned as well is I think one thing that would make the game way better would be overhauling the crafting and recalibrate recalibration yeah, system. Yeah, they like nerfed it like shortly after launching it, or like it wouldn't even matter like the crafting side of things. Yeah, I. I think... Why am I going to spend all these resources to craft when I'm just going to pick up a good gun oh, yeah. in the next mission? I, I can't tell you how much... How many resources I picked up and ne- never used. Like, what, right. why do I want to pick up electronics? Right. I think that could be one of the biggest things they could change. That would Either pick it out completely? <laughs> e- yeah, well, yeah. Either remove right. it or overhaul it so that you can do things like... You know, it'd be cool to be able to go into the dark zone. And this might be a thing that's there now that I'm not aware of. But go into the dark zone, find a blueprint for a gun. Now I can build that gun. Right. You know, that that would be cool. Not only do I have a reason to loot the gear that already exists. Right. But I can go after these high-end, you know, blueprints. Right. And learn how to craft it. Right. You know, even a, like an in-game economy would be cool. Trading would be cool. Yeah. So, you know, those, those three things would be, like, my dream add-ons. Or if they're not going to attempt to overhaul them, just cut it. Right. I, I 100% agree. It was it was really frustrating. Like, they, they make, they, like, the game puts out, like, even in those, like, little info things that they drop around and suggestions, they make it feel like resource gathering. Like, even uh, in, in the, uh, oh, the, the main area, whatever you call it, uh, the central area, you get perks for your different departments within there that give you like these resources, crafting resources. But it's like I'm spending XP to get that thing and then it doesn't even mean anything. Right. So it's like it just devalues what they're doing. So it, I, I hope they either get rid of it. I like crafting. It's like I, I do enjoy hunting and gathering and crafting because it makes me who I want to be in the game. I don't mind grabbing. Obviously, I love gearing up and killing thing, killing people to get better gear. But if I can craft stuff, then it's then it's mine. Right. Right. It wasn't like it wasn't just some random drop. It was me, and I, I agree with you. Either let me let me be me and be able to create weapons and armor that matter in the game, um, or take it out. With you on that one. Absolutely. All right. So we're we're getting close to time. Uh, the couple things is uh, uh, the other thing is like you can't your character won't carry over, which I know people want that, but you're in a completely different area. It's not like they're gonna send right. you on a helicopter to DC. You're a different part of the division yeah. in DC, so it makes sense that you don't carry your character over. I th- I think it would feel more like a DLC if they decided <laughs> to do carryover. Right. Like I the do, fact that they're telling you, "Hey, no, you're you're a new person." Right. Like I think that that helps define division, division two. Right. My character here is completely different than my character here. Right. Yeah. They said they're gonna have the first raid is gonna be a eight player raid, which is kind of cool. Should um, be interesting. They're adding subclasses for your character, which add a lot of depth. It, to me, it's either depth or it dilutes it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they don't make if they don't make the subclasses worth it, then yes. Right. So I, think, I hope that's good. Yeah. Um, but again, this is this is one that I'm gonna be buying for sure, playing the hell out of. 
So I have the Xbox One S, like, on sale on my Facebook Marketplace local local app. Go buy it, guys. He wants to sell it. No, no, really no. Don't bad. worry about that. Well, my wife <laughs> liked the division so much. I'm like, hey, babe, we can just uh, keep the One S, and you can you and I can play division together at home. But she's too pragmatic. She's like, no, we need to sell that thing. I was like, dang it. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Like, dang it. <laughs> oh, well. That's how it goes. Um, all right. So we're wrapping up here with the episode two of the PBR podcast. But I wanted to go through, um, I want to call them our E3 nods. Um, I play on Xbox and PC, mostly Xbox. I haven't had a PS4, um, so I don't know. Actually, okay, I lied. I did buy the PS4 when it first launched, but my console that I bought had an error. It like it had a bug or hardware issue, so I returned it, and I never bought another one. So I did <laughs> own the PS4 for a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there are there there is uh, a lot to talk about as far as like exclusives for the PlayStation versus exclusives for the Xbox. We have a lot of exclusives that were announced uh, for the Xbox, uh, but not necessarily like the big titles that we see on the PlayStation. So what are some of the things that you liked what you saw from E3 without going into depth? Just off the top of your head. Um, I liked seeing an effort from a lot of the companies to realize that the market is changing from you know these loot based or loot box based games, these DLC based games. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely showing that they're at least saving face and making an attempt to realize their customer base doesn't like some of the things they do. Right. Um, we 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 speak with our money. Yeah. I also liked that there's been a lot of games that are very unique to their own playstyle, their own yeah. worlds. It's not as much of what we saw, you know, for a long time we had the Battlefield versus Call of Duty right. fight that they're always essentially still going kind for of the there, same but not audience. Like they used to be. Yeah. They you're starting to see a lot of companies realize that being similar to someone else isn't always an advantage no you want to be a niche you want you want to be unique niche 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 Niche? depends on who who you talk to (laughs) tomato tomato yeah yeah i mean i i like i like the way that the industry is going unique is gonna be key you know it it's i feel like i'm struggling to decide besides the games that i've already mentioned and even you've mentioned you know how much money am I willing to spend, and what games do I really want to buy? Because they they all depends have... on my income and time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, That's a joke. It, it's true though. It's kind of true though. All right. So, but specific games. I hear you. I'm I'm 100 with you. There's a lot of stuff coming out, and a lot of stuff looked interesting and cool. Um, and again, it's gonna be like, how do I manage my own personal real world resources? to buy the games and experiences so I, I want to play get more in game resources <laughs> uh yeah Specifics. i mean i i i'm excited for battlefield 5 i'm excited for uh you know dying light 2 uh fallout 76 um 
there are some games that are on my radar that I'm still kind of questioning whether or not I want to buy them. Um, Black Ops. Such as Black Ops 4. Black Ops 4. Um, I, I've... It's, except for the, like the early World War games from Call of Duty, I've not liked the World War, or a Call of Duty title. I really liked the Black Ops series. A lot. Uh, this Black seems Ops to be one of those. Of yeah, it seems. I, I just it never. It was. It was, They weren't my game. Right. Um. But Black Ops Four is getting a lot of talk from a lot of people that like it. A lot of friends of mine that play. Yeah. I. Looks like a revitalized, like a hopeful game in the entry. Yeah. It. it it's going to depend on Battle Royale. Everybody wants Battle Royale. Yeah. I. Fortnite did it. PUBG does it. <sighs> I'm kind of glad that there are some games that decided some. There's there's a lot that did it. There are some games that decided that that's not us. We're not going to do that. Well, there was talks about Division Two having like a battle royale type element in the in the dark zone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I like battle royale, but I like it for the games that do it well. Yeah. Like I don't have to have it in every. I don't need it in every game. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, there's the rant side of our podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you know the name is play banter. A lot of this is we play it. Rant. We've been bantering, but I just kind of rant a little bit. So. Yeah, I slipping up with the name. That's my joke. battle royale is interesting, but I don't think every game and his mother needs to <laughs> attempt it. I'm sorry, but Granny's Kitchen Three doesn't need to have battle royale included goat, with it. Goat Simulator Three, <laughs> battle royale. With more goat glitches than you've ever seen. <laughs> um, all right, so some of the nods that I, uh, I, I had a PlayStation Three, and I played a lot of exclusives on the PlayStation Three, and uh, so, uh, just I want to nod, I want to, I want to acknowledge the PlayStation side, and talk Last of Us Two, the Last of Us series is a game series that I would purchase a PlayStation Four. Right. Um, that, uh, I, I would do that. Uh, Death Stranding, that game, like, I feel like I'd have to be tripping on acid to start to begin to understand Death Stranding. It's that, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, the baby inside, uh, the Walking Dead guy. Yep. It's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think I would want to play it. But maybe maybe I'd like to watch it and see right. what's going on. Um, but it just seemed like all right, look, that's something completely. It could be something completely different off the wall. That than what we maybe it's a completely experiential type game. Right. Um, uh, Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I never got into the series. Is not my game whatsoever. But they they did add it to Xbox, so they have a nice you know. Uh, multi-platform game there now right. so it, it, i think disney kind of not told them so a little, <laughs> a little tip of the hat to all the disney you know kingdom hearts fans i know you're out there and we love you <laughs> jonathan does i don't mm, mm, mm. yeah uh, no I, I i i think this year's e3 was different i think yeah. there was a lot that got dropped on people and it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting holiday season. Uh, some things that you weren't feeling at all. 
Um, we, we need to go there. I'd try not to dwell on it too much. I think it was kind of ridiculous how much Fortnite crap was everywhere. Like, every... I, I'm sorry, Fortnite. I, I like your game, but you don't need to be in every single booth <laughs> everywhere. I get it. People want to capitalize on your success. It's not entirely your fault. Um, I... I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't find a whole lot of things that I didn't like. I thought there were some things that EA did that were still kind of like, hey, we're doing this not because we want to, but because you guys asked us to and we kind of have to to earn your trust again. Sure. Um, it still kind of grinds my gears that Battlefield or Battlefront 2 was awful. It was a flop. I didn't even buy it. Like a, I, 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 I was about either. to, I was about to buy it, and one of my friends was like, "I bought it. It sucks. Don't that's, do it." That's exactly what happened with me. I was like, "Yeah." Dude, I played so much of the like original series. We can't go back there, Brad. We can't go back there. Please. That time is over. Like, just make EA make a Battlefront game that is just he's, Battlefield he's, skin with Star Wars. EA, you can't. You can't see it, EA, but Brad is on his knees. There's no, tears I mean... streaming from his eyes. He's got his <laughs> hands up in the air begging you. Please. Please. Like, just come on. I even yeah. hate the fact that you can't even, like, jack the enemy team's ships anymore. Like, come on. It's not even Battlefront anymore. Yeah. Sure. I run over a token and I spawn in a ship or I... Sorry. Battlefront 2, I have to buy it with points that I get from killing other players. <laughs> I know, that's, yeah. So, not feeling, that's not, we, we even, that's, that wasn't even talked about at E3, but I gotcha. I they you. did talk about Battlefront 2 at E3. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, we're adding more stuff. Hey, we're adding content about the Solo movie, which, by the oh. way, if you haven't seen that podcast, Re- see, go, go listen, to, listen it. to it from us. Good yeah, movie. One. Just don't play the Battlefront game and play their content. Right. They don't deserve your money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it, so hard. So uh, harsh. I, I'm I sorry. They deserve it. All right. So uh, I know we got to wrap up, but I wanted to bring up uh, Smash Ultimate, Super Smash Brothers for the Switch, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, where they're literally porting everything they've ever created for every Smash Brothers character into the new game yeah. and it looks like the same game from the gamecube which i had a friend who who told me today that he hasn't played super smash brothers since the gamecube so i told him perfect you'll probably really like this game right but i'm like i played every version of smash since the 64 and the gamecube by far obviously is like king right well, it's still worse professional smash is played exactly and so this game i'd have to see more from it but it's like it's like the same game <laughs> and it just looks a little better but isn't that a little bit of like a genius move on no. their part no nintendo Cap- capitalize nintendo. on nostalgia i come no. on it's nintendo no. they all their games capitalize on nostalgia. well i'm sorry what some hey mario's in a new game oh i remember mario from when i was a kid let's play this game <laughs> I don't think it works that way, man. I think uh, I think it they I think it was starting to go that way, but they're like, oh, these games aren't yeah, great. I'll give them Zelda. Zelda was a fantastic game. I bought a game. Switch, so was it place Zelda. Then I tried to play the other games. 
that were released at the time, uh, and then I sold my Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mar- you Sorry. To play Mario Kart. It's I like... grew up. What was it? Somebody put it. I grew up with Nintendo, but Nintendo didn't grow up with me. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to put it. I think they know their market, though. So uh, that's what I, that's what that's what that's what I resolved to. I'm no longer their their market, which makes me sad. <laughs> I still want to be Nintendo's market. But... I still want to be a Toys R Us kid. Yeah. <laughs> I want to grow up because I'm a Nintendo kid. Anyway, this is not a singing podcast. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't either. I was. I'm really happy with or the, the Origins. Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, that, that was that's a good game. A solid like they took their time and they made a better Assassin's Creed instead of cranking them out every year like they were doing. Uh, this one looks like I get to play 300 Assassin's Creed style, <laughs> which which that'd be I pretty don't know freaking that's bad. sweet. I'm yeah. just like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, Assassin's it feels Creed's like lost. Assassin's Creed lost me at Black Flag after Black Flag. What Black, was it? I, we did, was we it had Unity? this talk before uh, the pod before yeah. we started recording, but I think Black Flag is my favorite Assassin's Creed game. I, I it, it yeah, it's up there because I'm more nautically inclined. I like this. I uh, my favorite element in Black Flag. I know we're like getting off topic. Was the the shanties? I love the singing, yes. dude. Absolutely, so much fun. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I I yes. So I, it just felt new. It was different, and now it they're making fun again. Now they're making Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. So I hope it's just basically uh, a souped-up Black Flag port with everything I love from Black Flag and nothing <laughs> from the Assassin's Creed. I'm just that's what I'm excited for. That would so we'll be see. awesome. Uh, but we'll see more on Odyssey when it comes like more information comes out on it. But it, it looks like I get to play uh, an Assassin's Creed skinned version of 300, which might not be bad. I would la- I would really be entertained if one of the missions you play you kick is... a guy down a well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is Magnus. This this man stole from us. Go go kick him. Go kick him. They have to do. They're gonna do a nod, right? I mean, some of the swords in the in the in the trailer look like those stuff that Landitis was carrying in the oh, movie. Oh yeah, I, 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 sure. I think I think it'd even be funny if you like. A come across a point in the game there's just like 300 guys on a ledge and a bunch uh, of Persians. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> We're just hanging out here at Thermopylae. Um, I bet you there's going to be like a pre, pre-ordered DLC that you get that's basically an extra mission where you like meet Leonidas or something. Play out 300. You, just a little bit. Except for... <laughs> Maybe they let you throw the spear at Xerxes. <laughs> huh? Maybe? <laughs> You just see Leonidas throw his spear and miss, and then you're like, ah, my turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Just pull out. I got this. I got this, Leonidas. Uh, it'd be funny. It turns out to be the main character's father, because that's how Assassin's Creed works, too. Yeah. Yeah. Or George Washington just George turns Biden. evil. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. You spoiler. haven't played Assassin's you Creed played 3 right now. <laughs> what? That was a. I did enjoy that game because I'm. You know, I like Americana. To be honest, one of my friends spoiled that game for me in that exact way, so that's why it came to mind. I was like halfway through the game, and they're like, "George Washington turns evil," and I was like, "Not playing this anymore." Wait, that was a DLC. He, he so, could have turned yeah. evil, if depending on if you put put the money out for the DLC. <laughs> All right. So, 
Is this, We're going to wrap this up a little bit. Is this episode two? This is episode two. This so is the Play Banter Podcast, the PBR Podcast. What questions do we have for the audience? Uh, tell us your favorite E3 picks or destroy our E3 picks. <laughs> tell whatever us whatever you'd like to do. <laughs> tell us how dumb our choices are. Tell us how dumb Jonathan is because he doesn't really know much <laughs> about gaming. <laughs> He's not willing to stay up for days at a time and play Maybe more I should. games. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take what. Yeah, tell me. Okay, if you're like a hardcore gamer, you tell me your day to day like schedule and i will i'll do a little documentary and i will put myself through the same thing that you put yourself through and gamer we'll, size me yeah ga- yeah gamer size me uh, but i'm gonna do seven days because <laughs> i still need to make an income and i still have a wife to take care of <laughs> but yeah but yeah well that, that's that's what i said what's your favorite e3 picks how are we wrong because I don't mind negative feedback. I need, you know, we all need that. You need to hear that stuff. Um, tell me how you, as a gamer, live your life, and let me, let me walk in your shoes for a week. Brad, what do you think? What do you want from the people? Yeah, that. One hundred percent that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's a good good summary. All right. Oh, uh, tell us how to fix the division and make it better. I I think. Yeah, feedback on the division. I, I think like we that. had a lot of good points, but I bet there's people out there that have better ideas than us. Actually, any of the games. Like, tell us right. what you expect out of these games. So we're Play Banter Rant. I'm Jonathan. I'm Brad. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks.